What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through some of my top sell high players heading into week five. So you guys probably know the drill by now, trying to move off of players who had boom weeks. I don't think you know they can keep up this production, it's not sustainable, and their value is probably gonna be higher right now than it will be throughout the rest of the season. And just a solid opportunity to sell high on these players. So before I do jump into that, if you guys have any fantasy questions, you know, maybe you want to trade for one of these guys, trade away one of these guys, you want to, you know, run the offer by me, you guys can drop those down below, waiver wire, trade advice, whatever it is. And then if you guys do enjoy the video, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. It really helps me out a ton. And then I quickly just want to talk about underdog. You know, I have a promo code through them. So if you guys do want to sign up for underdog, you use code Quinn. There's a link down below in the description. They will match your first deposit up to $100. So you put in 30 bucks, they'll give you 30. You will have 60. You can do uh, daily fantasy football, like for each specific week. You can do best ball resurrection. Maybe your teams aren't doing so hot so far. You want to get a new roster in there. It will be best ball scoring from week six through the end of the season. So, you know, some fun shakeups in terms of ADP that I think is super interesting. They have weekly pickums. So lots of fun stuff there. I've been using, you know, their platform for like two years now, you know, before I was even close to affiliated with them. So if you guys are interested in that, there's the link down below in the description. But let's jump into the first sell high player. And we're going to start off hot here with Austin Eckler. Now, I feel like I'm going to get some heat in the comments. I know there's a lot of Austin Eckler support. But I also know there's a lot of people who were panicking about Austin Eckler over the last few weeks. And for the most part, whenever someone would comment like, what do I do with Austin Eckler? I have Austin Eckler. He's underperforming. Should I trade him? What should I do? I was always saying we should be holding Austin Eckler because there's no point in selling him low when no one wants him. You should never be selling your first round pick for, you know, like a dude who's probably going to be going in the third round in best ball resurrection. It just doesn't make sense. You wait for that guy to have a boom week. He has the name. He has the reputation. You'll be able to sell him high at some point. And I do believe this is the time to sell high. And let's dive into it. You know, before you guys call me an idiot down in the comment section. So he has a massive week here in week four. Goes for 34.9 PPR points. The stat line was 13 carries, 60 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Added seven targets for six receptions, 49 receiving yards and then a receiving touchdown. I actually just recently talked about Austin Eckler as a player who was falling in my rankings. I think that video came out on Friday, I believe, and I kind of broke down his usage through three weeks. So I'm just going to run through that again. So through the first three games of the season, his snap counts were 49.2%, 62.7%, and then 56.9%. If we look back to last season, only in four out of 16 games, did Eckler have under a 62.7% snap share? That's his highest snap share this year. In only 25% of the games last year, did he have under that snap share? So just clearly we're seeing a different role. He was clearly more involved in 2021 where he had that massive high-end RB1 season. So the role is different. I think after this big game, when we saw him underperform through three weeks, I think a lot of your league mates are gonna be sitting there thinking like, okay, Austin Eckler is back. He's the workhorse once again. And what you guys are going to know after watching this video is the usage is the same. He still has zero goal line carries through uh, four weeks, which is very, very disappointing. He had 10 last year. He was second in all running backs last year in red zone opportunities. He is not going to be getting that this year. 
Then we look at the snap share this week. I talked about his first three games. His highest was 62.7. He didn't best that in this game. He only had a 59% snap share. And when we look at the touchdowns, I feel like people are thinking, okay, he's getting the goal line work. He's getting opportunities close to, you know, the end zone. He's not. All three of those touchdowns were from 10 plus yards. So those are the touchdowns that Eckler is going to be getting, but he still has not maintained the role of getting, you know, the one yard carry, the two yard carry for a touchdown. So when I'm looking at Austin Eckler here, I'm not saying that he's going to be terrible rest of season. I think the realistic ceiling for him in this role is like a mid-tier running back one. So maybe RB5, RB6, RB7. I could even see like an RB4 just because the running back position has been so terrible this year, but he is not going to come close to touching what he did last season. And then his floor is probably going to be a back-end running back one because he's still going to have some touchdowns in you know this explosive offense. The receiving work is there. But if you think Austin Eckler is going to bounce back and have this elite RB1 upside where you drafted him at likely like RB3, it's not going to be there. The one redeeming quality here for Eckler is he is averaging 7.3 targets per game. That's super strong. And that was what was carrying his production through three weeks. My issue is that I just don't know if that number is going to stick when Keenan Allen comes back. We've seen Keenan Allen be a target funnel. I just don't know if Eckler is going to keep that, you know, over seven target per game number. So basically the synopsis here, the usage hasn't changed. He just had a big game breaking three different touchdowns for 10 plus yards. If you didn't like the usage through three weeks and you wanted him off of your team, this is the perfect opportunity for you to sell. If you had Eckler and you don't mind the usage, you think he's safe, locked in top 12 running back, cool. He's going to have that role. Keep him. You know, that's what you want to do. That's what you can do. But I do just want to kind of get the point across that this new boom game did not switch up his role in this offense. He has the same role. He's still not getting the massive touches. He's not going to come close to his uh, 20 touchdown 2021 season unless this role does change. So that's why I think Eckler can be a sell high here. Now we're going to move over to another running back coming off of a massive game, and that is going to be Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders was kind of the beneficiary here of some poor conditions, and then the Eagles leading the entire second half against the Jaguars. So we saw him go for 27 carries, 134 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and then added two receptions for 22 yards through the air, 29.6 PPR points. So coming into this week, we saw Miles Sanders averaging 15 carries per game and then two targets per game. That's a solid workload. I'd say moving forward, he's probably somewhere in that RB20 to RB26 range. He's a back-end running back two. He's a high-end running back three. We've seen, you know, through what he was averaging two targets per game. So that's six total targets through three weeks. He had three today, nine targets through uh, four weeks. He's not a huge factor in the receiving game. He's going to be getting carries, but he's also not a guy who has a ton of touchdown upside. He scored twice today, but we've seen Gainwell take some work on the goal line. We've seen Boston Scott take some work on the goal line. And then the biggest vulture of all those players is Jalen Hurts who's obviously going to get his as, you know, a guy on the goal line, a very strong rusher. So I think this is a great opportunity to move off of Miles Sanders, who, like I said, is a back-end running back two, high-end running back three. I think you could probably use him in like a two-for-one deal, have a Miles Sanders, throw in a competent wide receiver, try to go get a high-end running back two. I feel like there's like this rotation of these RB2s, RB3s, 
where you just want to find their boom games, get someone to really believe in them, and then ship them off. I think that's a solid you know time to do that here with Miles Sanders. Now we're going to shift over to TJ Hawkinson. I think there's a lot of really solid sell-high candidates here, and Hawkinson is one of them. He is coming off of just a monster game. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 179 yards, and 2 touchdowns. 39.9 PPR points per game. Like that's a performance where he could basically win you your week by yourself. If you or by himself, if you had him in your lineup, I mean the rest of your team would have had to tank for you to not get that dub. And I just think this is the perfect opportunity to move off of Hawkinson because when we just look at the uh, you know fantasy tight end position as a whole, it has been terrible. I know in the comments people are struggling every week. It's like even guys that you drafted high, Kittle, Waller. We obviously haven't seen Kittle play this week, but you know Waller hasn't been good. Pitts has been struggling. It's just a disaster all across the board. If you don't have Kelsey or if you don't have Andrews, it's just going to seem like a struggle every single week. So if someone thinks that Hawkinson is this next hot commodity, this dude's going to be a beast rest of season, I think this is a great opportunity to move off of him because I think people will try to overpay for a tight end they can trust because they don't like stressing over who to start every single week. But we have to remember, prior to this game, Hawkinson had kind of been considered a disappointment. He was averaging 8.1 points per game through three weeks. I wasn't panicking on him, but it's not like I was super confident that he was going to be a top five guy rest of season. Like I was seeing comments with people being like Hawkinson or Conklin, Hawkinson or Njoku. I think the difference from week three or like heading into week four to now heading into week five is that people were viewing him as a borderline top 12 guy. And I feel like people probably now see Hawkinson as right behind Kelsey and Andrews obviously significantly behind those two, but like I bet you could do Hawkinson for uh, Kittle, Hawkinson for Waller. I feel like people would offer that straight up. We have to remember this was a game without Amon Ra. This was a game without DeAndre Swift, missing two of their top weapons. I don't think Hawkinson is, you know, going to be replicating these numbers anytime soon. The volume wasn't crazy through three weeks. So I just think if someone's going to pay up and treat Hawkinson like a high-end tight end one, a reliable option, I'd be totally cool moving him off of my roster. Because I think if he goes out in uh, week five and gives you like four receptions for 30 yards and no touchdowns, like his value is just going to plummet. So I would capitalize and I would also just go out and I would straight up try to get Waller plus, try to get Kittle plus. Obviously, that would be assuming Kittle doesn't go out and dominate uh, in tonight's game. But you know what I'm saying? Just throw those offers out there. And the general kind of sense I'm getting out of the tight end position is that it's going to be a down year for a lot of these guys. But the tight ends you want to be putting in your lineup are the ones who do have massive ceilings. So yeah, they're going to be waiver wire streamers like Conklin, Logan Thomas. You know, they may have a decent floor, but the players like George Kittle, Darren Waller, they may not have consistency, but they can go out there and give you a dominant performance, a TJ Hawkinson level performance. And those are going to be the guys you want in your lineup, but the consistency is not going to be there. So that's kind of a different point, I guess, for a different video, but I'd be trying to move off of Hawkinson. Now, going back to the running back position, we've got Rashad Penny here, and he comes out with his first fantasy relevant game of the season and was just dominant. 17 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns, just tore up this brutal Lions defense, 28.7 PPR points. And I feel like now people have got to be feeling great about Rashad Penny. I bet a lot of people think Rashad Penny is a locked in running back two moving forward. And we just have to remember, 
Rashad Penny was a cut candidate after one more rough game. I mean, I saw people in the comments debating cutting him after week three. So to go from a potential cut option to now being considered a locked in top 24 guy after one game, it just doesn't really sit right with me here. He still has no receiving upside. He uh, has five targets through four games. That's not great. And then you're just looking at this offense. They made a shift. They're going way more high pace. That's obviously great news for Rashad Penny. They also did that in week three, and it's not like Rashad Penny was lighting up the stat sheet here. He's honestly still a guy that I'm not feeling great about starting in week five against the Saints. I've actually seen some people that like I you know trust their stuff. I like their content on Twitter, and they're like saying Rashad Penny could be like a mid to high end running back two moving forward. Personally, I don't see it, but I know if there are you know smart people out there who are thinking it. There's probably a ton of other people out there who are viewing Rashad Penny as some sort of like mid to high end running back to play. I'm just not buying into it. I still think as a whole, this offense is not going to be a top unit. You've also got Kenneth Walker there, who I think is just going to continue to eat into opportunities. We did see Penny get a lot of third down work, which is encouraging, but I think this is still going to be a backfield that's going to turn into a committee. And so I'd be trying to get off a Penny. Similar offers that I was talking about with Miles Sanders, two for ones, Penny plus like a depth wide receiver to try to get a high end running back to maybe like a borderline top 12 guy. Those are the offers I'd be throwing out. And then the final sell high player here is going to be Alan Lazard. He's coming off the best game of his season, eight targets, six receptions for 116 yards, 17.6 PPR points. And I think you could pretty easily sell Lazard as Rogers number one target right now. That's something that I believe is true right now. You know, does that stick uh, moving forward? I'm not sure. I think moving forward over the next few weeks, Lazard is probably like a back end wide receiver three, high end wide receiver four flex play. Like he's someone I think you can start. Am I super confident throwing him into my starting lineup? Probably not. But I think the issue here with Alan Lazard is that we know who he is. He's going to be this guy. He's going to have a few different weeks, but I just don't know if the consistency is going to be there. When I look at a guy like Romeo Dobbs, who's kind of coming in as a rookie, he's already performing, you know, two strong games through four weeks. That's the guy I want to be betting on. And he's someone who's on waivers. Whereas I think Alan Lazard is kind of respected for not really doing anything crazy in his NFL career. I think you're going to see Dobbs. I think you're going to see Christian Watson improve, earn more work throughout the season. And I think he's honestly like one of those perfect wide receiver toss-ins. I talked about with like Penny deals, Sanders deals, you know, you pair up a Lazard, a Penny, a Lazard, a Sanders, and go after a really strong running back, go after a really strong wide receiver. I just think those are options that I'm interested in. To be totally transparent with you guys, though, I've never been a huge Lazard guy. So, you know, maybe I'm lower on him than I should be. What do you guys think? Let me know down below. I just think this passing attack isn't going to be great. Lazard's never stuck out as a top option. I would just rather bet on these rookies kind of coming in, eating into work and not saying that Lazard will be useless, but just saying that I think he could turn into someone you don't actually trust in your lineup. Whereas right now, I think he's someone who could be viewed as a wide receiver three, which would mean it's a good time to sell him. But that is going to wrap it up for my sell high options. We had some running backs, guys like Eckler, Sanders, Rashad Penny, a tight end, TJ Hawkinson thrown in there, and then one wide receiver in Alan Lazard. If you guys did enjoy the video, you stayed all the way till the end, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you aren't already subscribed. Thank you for stopping by, and I will see you guys in the next one.